0: There have been a lot of great hockey players over the years, legends, both on and off the ice. The Overtime Podcast checks in with some of hockey's biggest names and talks about what these great players are up to today. Welcome to the Overtime Podcast. Here's your host, Gino Retta.
1: Hey, hockey fans, I'm Gino Retta. Welcome to episode 10 of the 7-Eleven Overtime Podcast. I've spent four decades working in this game we love. Fortunate enough to meet some of the legends of the game. Saw them come into the league, shine in the league, and now they've moved on to life after the game. This podcast gives us a chance to really love some great memories. Uh, Find out where some of these amazing guys are right now, what they're up to, and they tell us some great stories. This week. We're joined by Brian Trache, a centerpiece of the New York Islanders dynasty that won four straight Stanley Cups, six Cups as a player. Another as a member of a coaching staff, won the Calder, the Art Ross, the Hart, the Smythe, elected into the Hockey Hall of Fame in 1997. Also a singer, a performer, and now an author. Pleased to welcome to the show, Brian Trache. Brian, welcome, my friend. Great to catch up with you again.
0: Uh, like I said earlier, Gino, you're getting a scruffy Brian Trot today, but it's a pleasure <laughs> to be on the show, guys. Happy New Year to all your listeners, too. Thank you.
2: Here are a couple of hot, tasty ways to crush the crave. Download the 7Now Delivery app, and 7-Eleven will have your hot and delicious crave crushers to your door almost before you can say, fuel me up, Sev. You know the crave I'm talking about. The one that's whispering wings or pizza in your ear right now. For just 11 Order a large, hot-from-the-oven-in-minutes pepperoni pizza. Add a 2-liter Coke or Pepsi for $2. 7-Eleven is your go-to for fast delivery of Slurpee, groceries, essentials, meals, snack and treats 24-7. I'm so looking forward to catching up to you, Brian. And it's just
1: one of the things that our our viewers and our listeners need to know about you is you're probably one of the most down-to-earth guys I've ever met in the game, given the magnitude of what you've accomplished, and yet, None of it gets to your head. You're just a real guy. Probably your roots from uh, Vale Marie, Saskatchewan, population 120 people. Is that where it all comes from, Brian?
0: Well, I think we keep it pretty simple out <laughs> in Saskatchewan. I don't know. But, you uh, know, I'm proud of most of the hockey, all, all the hockey guys, really. Like, uh, pretty pretty down-to-earth group. Um, you know, they're very team-minded. Um, you know, they don't take things, you know, Crazy serious. It's all. Uh, it's all in. We understand it's a game. We understand of controversy. I, I avoid all that junk. I just say to myself, yeah. you know, I, I am just a, a dad, a grandpa right now, and uh, just enjoying um, the hockey world in the sense and the hockey family. So uh, to come on your show, always is fun, you know, and, and talking you know, old hockey stories and the good old days is always great fun. You get with the alumni and it's just pure laughter. I don't care if it's Daryl Sittler and Tiger, mm-hmm. or, you know, my old buddies, Dennis Podman, Billy Smith from the Islanders. We, 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 we get together. We have good stories, good laughter. And we all always talk about something fun. So, yeah, no, uh, keep things simple. Keep moving forward.
1: You and I share a boyhood idol. You, you and I both idolized John Beliveau as kids growing up. Uh, because of Jean Belleville, Four was my favorite number. Red was my favorite color. Uh, Lagro Bill was a legend. And and I I kind of want to refer back to the days when you were a kid, when your dad was out clearing the water by the, Rams, uh, by the dam so you can skate outside. You had an interesting conversation with your dad that was kind of a foreshadowing of things to come. Recount that for us.
0: Oh, my God. There's so many stories between me and my dad. I think the one you're talking about is when, uh, when, uh, why do I always want something? I don't know yeah. if that's, so yep. thinking about it, the yeah. really kind of the fun thing we're out we were when dad was uh dad was always pretty pretty serious and he was like you know he was fun at t- a lot of times but when it was time to be serious he always had these one-liners and uh you know i'm back behind him he was he, he looked good in the saddle and um you know I was, I was behind him on my little horse and i always wanted to be like my dad you know ride like him and you know kind of sit in a horse like him and i said hey dad how come i always want something How am always <laughs> wanting something and he goes he just turned around really quick in the saddle and he just looked at me and goes, cause when you stop wanting to die and he turned back in the saddle, and I said, <laughs> I don't know if he said that just to like shut me up or whatever, but it would, it just, I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to always want something. I'm going to always, I don't want to die. You know, when you're nine, yeah. 10 years old, yep. that, that thing stayed with me out know, the whole stuff. So, so yeah, staying hungry and never taking things for granted and appreciation, all that stuff, fun stuff just kind of, kind of forges that little, that little moment in my, in my whole brain. So no, that was a, Kind of a fun little moment with me and dad.
1: You mentioned your dad and uh, you gave us a real good sense of what, what he was like in terms of his attitude and his no guff kind of. He's um, Your your ancestors are one of the most famous Métis Cree bison hunting clans uh, in Canada. You've got the multicultural upbringing. Your dad's a Cree Métis Chippewa and your mom was Irish. Interesting combination. A lot of feistiness involved in there. Oh, yeah. Talk talk to me about the early days of little Brian growing up in a small community with that kind of multicultural background. And quite frankly, some of the stuff that you had to face because of it.
0: Well, our little our little area of is very diverse. Like like it's community, um, blended French and a, a lot of a lot of mixed French, like a lot of yeah. um, I'm sure there was native French in there that that didn't know that they were they were native, but uh you know, there was Norwegian, there was Scottish, there was german and everybody had a nickname you know nobody was uh nobody was picked on to death we all had nicknames for everybody and last names seemed to like like be the biggest part of it but we're all calling each other names in the in the schoolyard next thing you know we're playing together playing hockey together and you know going on road trips together and you know bonding to to beat the band and our our parents were all friends and you know it's community minded out there so everybody's got to kind of grab a hold of the rope and neighbors are neighbors and everybody's trying to help everybody out. And, you know, dad was kind of very well respected. I'm sure he had some discrimination growing up in that generation, you know, him and mom, you know, blending, uh, you know, native with Irish and um, I'm sure they had a little bit of it, but, you know, our generation we were taught we were taught early like mom and dad said you know they're just jealous and we're like what yeah discrimination is just a form of jealousy do you know what they're jealous of we don't have much but yeah. you know they' maybe you're because you're a good little athlete or because you, you know you're good at other things and you know you and i'm like oh my god yeah athletics and you know horseback riding and all these fun things we do in the ranch kids would come down and come play with us and you know we get them bucked off the pigs and have all these kind of fun with it and with the with the town kids and they come back for more, and it was really kind of fun to blend that. Um, you know, getting away from Valmarie and uh, going on to tournaments and stuff, and and you know, people find out you're native. You hear little little whispers and little nicknames, and I'm saying to myself, "Big deal. Okay, we're going to beat you anyway on the ice." So it didn't bother me. Uh, you kind of get thick skin because because of it. And I think mom and dad kind of kind of taught us early to to not not react to it in a, in a negative way just understand what it's all about um it really helped me going through life and because you know i wouldn't react to it so people just stopped calling you those crazy names and i think stigmas and nicknames are are a horrible thing and thank god this society and and um, our nhl i think are, are getting away from a lot of are making a lot more things uh, um recognized and they let, let's be let's be mindful and, and respectful and all that stuff, which I think is wonderful. And, you know, my generation, like my generation, now my children's and grandchildren's, it's just going to improve as we just keep going along that, you know, acceptance and recognizing diversity is, is, is part of you know our biggest culture and society. Then uh, we're all going to be fine.
1: We're in conversation with Hockey Hall of Famer, Brian Troche. Brian, you just uh, this is the 7-Eleven Overtime Podcast. I'm Gino Retta. You just put together a book, uh, All Roads Home a life on and off the ice. As I hear you talking about your upbringing and the mentality your parents tried to teach you, as you were putting this book together, did you find it therapeutic to kind of get back and start to to delve back into those old stories of what it was like a kid, what it was like growing up through all this, uh, you know, turning adversity into a sense of jealousy, into a sense of drivenness? Was it therapeutic for you to go through all this?
0: There, there, there was moments of that, Gino, but what I found was uh, I was telling these stories for a long time, like over yeah. over the course of my career and then then after my career, going into First Nations communities and talking about, you know, pride and uh, respect and, uh, you know, um, just recognizing your, your own attributes and your dreams and pursuing those dreams and having your talents, recognizing your talents and, you know, finding help, all those things that that I talked about um, over the years, you know, and people would say, you know, well, you should write a book. And I'm like, well, I don't want to write a book. I'm still coaching. <laughs> I'm playing. I didn't want to give away any secrets, you know, And but you know, at my age where, you know, like you're influencing I think younger generations and you're in a position where you can like, you know, maybe help a few people. And I said to myself, you know what? I, so I put together an outline. We, we found a publisher that thought there was a good story here. And my friends at Penguin Random House and, Stephen Brown was a big help, you know, um, yeah. putting put everything in, in order and jogging my memory. So Jesse Thistle did a wonderful job before Tiger jumped in my daughter jumped in. And there's just a whole bunch of fun stuff and positive stuff. And really, my life has been a lot of positive, a little bit of negative, overcoming some of the, some of the challenges and and just kind of letting people know that I'm just kind of normal. It's not like I'm, I'm Ryan, super- you're not
1: normal. <laughs>
0: I am normal. No, you're not. I am normal in a sense, <laughs> but not normal in that sense. I don't understand what you said, but you know, we're all just kind of normal in the sense that we, you yeah. know, we come from somewhere, you know, we, we all come from a different background, but we share that same wonderful dream of playing in the NHL and, and wanting to accomplish the, the you know, the greatest achievements just raising the Stanley cup over your head, being part of a championship team. And, um, that was my drive. That was my motivation. And that's kind of where I come from. My roots, yeah, Saskatchewan, all roads home, you know, there's no place I go that I don't represent my little Saskatchewan roots and my Canadian roots and my, my family and, and, and my hockey family. And, and people recognize that that's a little bit my identity. Yeah. So uh, all roads home is just about me being, you know, just a Canadian boy with a big dream.
1: I love the fact that you are so humble and, uh, I mean, despite all the stuff that you've done, it's crazy. Six six Stanley Cups as a player, uh, four straight with the Islanders, two with the Pens, another one as an assistant coach. You won the Rookie of the Year, the Art Ross, the Hart, the Conn Smythe. Uh, in 18 seasons of the NHL, you only missed the playoffs once. When you were accomplishing these things and you think back, I, I would think personally it would be awfully tempting to, to think back to the people who – who were derogatory towards you and say, my parents are right. They were just jealous. And you know what? Now they've got reason to be jealous. Did you ever have a moment to feel like that?
0: I think we all do. I think we have, we all have that moment. And I did it anyway, <laughs> but I think for all of us, for all, for, for all of us, I, I think especially hockey, look at Gordie Howe and humble Gordie Howe was, you know, Wayne Gretzky was telling a wonderful story on TV the other day about Bobby Orr talking about his greatest goal, dropping a glove behind his, his own net while he's just killing off a penalty, rag at the puck, and then going back, picking up the glove, and then going down score a goal. I'm like, it's really wonderful to, to see, the, you know, the greatest players how humble they are when they talk about themselves and some of their accomplishments. And again, it just reflects so well on all of us and our I think that's just Canadians in general. And I think it's kind of like rubbing off on 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 a lot of the American hockey players. Maybe they come from the same background and roots, and you 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 meet some of the Europeans and and uh uh, it's, it's really wonderful how they talk about team way before they talk about themselves, and it's wonderful to kind of share the the the, the praise. And, and And when someone talks about my accomplishments, well, it reflects well on my team, my teammates, my coaches. You know, my parents. Every it just reflects well on everybody. You know, and you you never like Dad said, don't stop appreciating. You know, where you come from. The the Butte was just outside our window, and that country. So you always remember that all those wonderful things appreciation and recognizing who helps you. It's not just done by myself. It was, yeah, you got to work hard. Yeah. You got to dig in, you got to contribute. You got to be dependable, all that fun stuff about being part of a team. And, when you can kind of lead by example or you can you can contribute and those things are special. And uh yeah, when all of a sudden someone hands you a an award, and actually the, the biggest one was that Stanley Cup. I love being handed the Stanley Cup and being part of that wonderful moment with players and sharing that moment with fans and hockey fans and and walking down. So it's really don't come to the Oh, there Brian Tracci, 500 goal think was Brian Tracey, five hundred goal scorer. Don't think Brian Tracey, seven times Stanley Cup champion. I like hearing that. And it's yeah. really kind of fun to talk about those those wonderful stories and um you know, the first time touching the cup and feeling the names that are engraved on it, how cool the Stanley Cup was to touch because you know, know, like a lot of us are afraid to go up and jinx ourselves and not oh, touch for sure before you win it. So when you finally win it, it's like, yes, I, I can feel it fine. And you know, I actually asked Bill Torrey to take it home and I talk about that in the book and, and yeah. wake up in the morning and see the sun shining on that thing coming through the window and it was like Perfect, and I said those moments you can't, you can't, you you can probably dream about them, but when they happen, it's way better than you can imagine.
1: Oh, for sure, you can't even imagine they could possibly be as good as you thought. You mentioned the book in conversation with Brian Trache, author of uh, All Roads Home: A Life on and Off the Ice. It's available now. This is Seven Eleven Overtime Podcast. I'm your host, Gino Retta. You mentioned Wayne Gretzky, and I want to follow up on something because. Uh, you and I are roughly the same age. So I, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to be in the business covering your career as you're making it through. And for people who kind of now look back on it, they may find this next thing I about to say a little bit hard to believe, but it's totally true. From 80 to 83, you guys won four consecutive Stanley Cups. You were, you were rock stars. You were freaking rock stars but there was another guy who was a rock star at that exact same window who was winning heart trophies, Art Ross trophies, uh, 200 point seasons in the NHL. And people were like, Gretzky is the best player in the history of the game. But there was an argument being made that in that window, it wasn't Wayne Gretzky who was the best player in the game, but actually Brian Trottier. And I remember Trottier had this, uh, uh, Al Arbor had this quote, Gretzky is an offensive genius for sure, but at the state, Trots gives you at this state. Trotz gives you more things. Defensively outstanding, physically tough, and a hundred points per year. That was the legend, Al Arbor. Do you remember that time where people were saying and making the argument and having the big debate? Who's the best player in the game during that four-year window? And a lot of people were saying Brian Trotz. Do you re- tell me what your reflections are in that period of time?
0: Well, it, it's wonderful. Like th- those moments are, are like, like you say, are just kind of etched in your brain. But uh, that moment I, was, was pretty fun because we won the game. We beat, we beat Edmonton at home. And I think to score was something like, uh, you know, six, five or seven, five, Gretzky had five points. I mean, I, we won the game. I might've had a couple points, um, but what was really fun. It was like the, the reporters come running into me and they said, oh, Al Arbor just called you the best all around hockey player in the league. I was like, well, thank you, Al, but I think I think that was just Al's <laughs> way of just kind of okay, let me keep his feet to the fire a little bit. Because Al was just awesome at trying at always trying to motivate the players and get the maximum out of them. I think that was just a wonderful, wonderful moment for me because I felt like, wow, my coach feels that good about me. I, I'm gonna play my I'm gonna play my my very best for him because yeah. of that. And I think it 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 kind of ramped me up a little bit, you know, to have that kind of, you know. Praise from your 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 coach, who probably has great respect for Wayne Gretzky, and believe me, it was no it was no slight to Wayne, because you know Wayne has um, he is offensively he's, he's incredible, but yeah. his leadership, like that's that's the thing that I always. You know admired about Wayne and his career it was like his leadership, his ability to not only make his players better, but to inspire and and kind of motivate, much like Mario Lemieux, like Mario Lemieux, like it's wonderful to see him encourage players, tap on shin pads and give them praise. And those things are leadership skills that the very best players in the world um, have. And yeah, you know, like a, to, to, to have that kind of a compliment from your own coach at the time and, um, you know, it was really, really wonderful um, and I think it kind of hung on me for a little while because who's going to argue with Al Arbor, you know, like exactly. well, Al He's better, a legend. so therefore it is true yeah. and, uh, you know, I, I Al and I talked about it, you know, years later, obviously, I had a wonderful chat with him down in Sarasota, I went over to visit him when, you know, he was going through a rough time with his knee and and uh, we laughed about it, then he goes, oh, I didn't do that on purpose, I said, I know, but it, it worked, it worked because it really You know, kick me in the butt a little bit and made me feel proud, you know, that, you know, here we are working this thing together, winning a couple cups and things are going well and we want to keep it going for as long as we, so we won four in a row and it's impressive that we did that, you know, we were young and we were impressive.
1: It's way beyond impressive. It's incredible.
0: I know, it, but we're at it, that whole core group, we're young, and we stayed healthy, and you know, like we, we, we worked, and, and we started believing in ourselves, and it all came from Al and Bill, and you know, just that whole atmosphere and culture that they had built, and uh, we were just a huge part of that, we're a little part of that huge thing, and yeah. everybody felt really good about themselves, and what they were bringing to the game, and um, we all kind of like just kept kept rolling with it, and kind of looked at each other, and uh, whether Butch Goring, myself, or Bobby Bourne, or Anders Colour- it didn't matter where we come from, we needed everybody to grab a hold of that rope. And some of the some of our unsung heroes like Gordy Lane and Dave Langevin, my God, I sat next to Gordy and I had more fun with Gordy in the locker room than than people can imagine. Because boy, his stories are hilarious. I love his stories because he is one fun, fun guy to hang with. And um, but people don't talk about these guys because you know they're not like headliners, but boy, they're sure appreciated on that Islander team.
2: Here are a couple of hot tasty ways to crush the crave. Download the 7Now Delivery app and 7-Eleven will have your hot and delicious Crave Crushers to your door almost before you can say, fuel me up, Sev. You know the crave I'm talking about. The one that's whispering wings or pizza in your ear right now. For just $11.69, order a large, hot-from-the-oven-in-minutes pepperoni pizza. Add a 2-liter Coke or Pepsi for $2. 7-Eleven is your go-to for fast delivery of Slurpee, Groceries, essentials, meals, snack and treats
1: 24-7. You are part of uh, one of the greatest lines. We always love to talk about lines. You are one part of one of the greatest lines in hockey history. Like as you say, the dynasty, the 80, 81, 82, and 83 Stanley Cups, the trio grande, yourself, yep. Clark Gillies, and Mike Bossy. Sadly, we lost uh, both Clark and Mike way too soon, just at ages 67 and 65, which is incredibly sad uh what was it like to be a part of that line uh, the uh, the different elements i mean you were probably one of the best two-way centers in the history of the game we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that clark bought the protection and the security and bossy one of the greatest finishers goal scorers of all time his career ended far too soon what was it like to be a part of that triumvirate
0: you know i use two words uh... Dynamic and magic. I think the, the the what what Clark brought was dynamic and magic, and what Mike bought was dynamic and magic. For me, I was a guy. I was a distributor. I got to got to push the puck to the left side or snap it over to the right side. And those guys had an ability that uh, few have. And you're right. Clark had the presence. He he gave us that that ability to play our game, not worry about getting our heads taken off. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Mike had that ability, the confidence to, to score goals. And when you play with someone with that kind of confidence, your confidence level goes up. And to, to room with Mike on, you know, on a daily basis, you know, whenever we hit the road trip, boom, Mike and I were, and we're talking hockey and he's, he wants to, he wants to score goals and he's we're talking about how we score goals. and You know, it didn't matter if it's over dinner or watching a movie or sitting in the room. It just seemed like we we're always talking hockey and um, that, that kind of dynamic and, and uh, desire, because we shared that same desire to win and the three of us, I mean, it, we, we, we didn't talk just about scoring goals, but we would talk about contributing so that we could win and uh, to be a part of that dynamic, magical group is is very very special to all three of us and I you know we celebrate I celebrate I still celebrate with their families over the Christmas holidays and and throughout we're gonna we're gonna continue to celebrate their lives with Lucy mm-hmm. and her daughters and and Pam and her daughters I mean it is really a, a special special relationship that I I never want to lose uh, to be a part of their families is this is as important as being a part of that that dynamic trio on the ice and it was Clark who gave us our name believe it or not he stood up in the locker room they're gonna have a, a contest or Something to say? Okay, we're going to name the Trache Gillies Bossy line. He goes, no, it's the Gillies Trache Bossy line. He got <laughs> his name to go in person. And when he stood up, he was big man in the room. He goes, you don't have to have a contest. We're going to call ourselves the Trio Grande, and the name stuck. And I loved it. I was like, all right, he did like That's John awesome. Wayne, the Trio Grande, the Trio. <laughs> <laughs> Mark was like he was like a westerner at heart and I I just love the name that he that he chose and uh and to be a part of that little history and, and the magic and I talk about some stories about our Trio Grande line in in, in the book and what the Tampa Bay is one of the, the wonderful ones. I'll let the readers read that story because Mike with his magic hadn't played for a few years. He just goes out and scores seven of our eight goals in the championship game. But it's it's uh, he's he's a special, special uh, hockey player obviously and a, a, a great friend to lose both of them in one year at this time but like I was he talked about grieving like I was I hurt for a while and I realized to myself so you know what I I am going to celebrate these guys I am going to talk about them I am going to like like remember these guys for a long time and you know, just like I talked to Daryl Sittler and Tiger Williams about Boris Solomon that that is uh to watch that unfold in front of my eyes at, at the uh, hall of fame was just spectacular. Cause I felt yeah. the same thing that Lanny and Daryl and Tiger were feeling about my two buddies. And, um, it, it's painful, but it's also extremely, um, Emotional, and uh, to be able to to talk about Boris Helming and, and the, the magic he created during his his career was spectacular. Guy Lafleur, we lost Guy Lafleur, and you know his magic. I still I still have great memories of my playing against Guy Lafleur and yeah. moments where he was coming down. And I'm like, well, look at that hair! Flowing. With the
1: hair I'm going,
0: going. <laughs> like it, it was, <laughs> he was flying. He looked like he was flying. I'm like, who skates faster than Guy Lafleur? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, but there's just. Uh, so many great moments. You play into great players and um, there's 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 stories about every one of them.
1: You know, what's really interesting because I, I keep hearing you refer to the guys who are mentors to you. You obviously, in the book you talk about, the book is, by the way, uh, titled All Roads Home, A Life On and Off the Ice, about the mentors that you had you're, you know, idolizing Jean Beliveau, Tiger Williams, and how he was a great mentor to you and uh, your thoughts on Gillies and on Bossy as well. You were also, so uh, you you want a pair of Stanley Cups with the Pittsburgh Penguins, and during that ride, there was a young guy who came over from the Czech Republic who barely spoke, spoke a word of English. Wow, you were this that. giant in the game. You already had four Stanley Cups. You could have just taken the ride but instead you said no i want to help this kid and well you helped him to become ultimately when he finally does retire because he's still playing now <laughs> and glad no tell us about your relationship with yama yager
0: well he's uh he's a unique kid and just big smiles when i walked in the room and I, he 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 beat me into the room when we checked in because I came in from New York, and he was here a couple of weeks ahead of time taking English lessons, so he was in the hotel. And I, I ended up rooming with him through training camp, and then and then for about half of the season before we got uh, Yuri Herdina from Calgary – and uh, Yarmer spoke very limited English. So I walked into the room here's this kid with a big smile, you know just barely speaking English and watching MTV learning English from MTV. So everything he said in English was from an MTV song. So hey Yarmer, how do you like Pittsburgh? Oh I like cherry pie you know like he was from Motley Crue or Warren yeah. or whatever the, the, yeah. the group was but he was fun because he was uh, he was hungry. He was whole, you could see the skill immediately. Like he, his his puck skills, like his stick handling skills, protecting the puck. He was, from the waist down, he was, he was a horse. And from the waist up, he was still a young boy. So he had to work mm-hmm. on his upper body strength. He had to learn the North American game of give and go, soft picks, you know, uh, short passes, give and go. And he was, a, he was a, such a good student. He worked on his shooting with Rikio after practice, one-timers. A, he wanted to stick handle right into the goalie every, every, every goal he thought had to be a deke or from two feet out. Yeah. And well, he was, uh, he was definitely high skilled. We saw it right away, but he wanted to learn. He called me Big Brian, which I thought was kind of comical because he was like, about a foot shorter. <laughs> and, uh, but he uh, you know I'd ordered food for him and he trusted me. We built this immediate trust. Um, and he was wonderful because on the bench he would always ask good questions. His limited English and my limited Czechoslovakian, but patience was a word I learned early. And I, I don't remember the word offhand, but it was one that he understood that, okay, patience. I got to be patient because he wanted, yeah. he wanted to be in the power play. He wanted to be, you know, playing every minute of the game. Cause he's young, he's eager. He's, he wants to learn, but you know, we're, 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 we're building Bob Johnson's, you know, he's, he's up that college mentality where he's a rookie, he'll get his time. And, um, you know, all of a sudden, you know, Scotty Bowman comes and plays Yarmor's legs off the next year. And and that was great for Yarmor, it was great for Mario, it was great for our whole team. Because here's this young kid ready to take on some leadership role. Um, but he was hilarious off the ice. He made me laugh as much as anybody because he had all these rookie things that he, would, he wanted to drive a car. I talk about the car in the book. And, you know, he wrecks the car and kills the deer. And, oh, my God, what is what a kid and big smile about it the next day. And I'm like, Yarmor, you are one slow down for crying out loud. He's putting all the speeding tickets in. His... He didn't know he had to pay these things. He thought he was just saving them up to stick them in hands. the glove
1: compartment. No. Souvenirs <laughs> later autograph. Them, I'm it like, it back. Oh my
0: God. yikes!" But he is a special kid. He's still playing. And I, I love him. Um He's got great history here in Pittsburgh. Do you ever
1: keep in touch with him at all? Do you speak to him at all?
0: Not near enough. I, I, yeah. I reach out to him every once in a while here and there. We do crisscross Paths. And whenever he do, he just lights up, and I love that. I just love it every time.
1: We can't put him in the hall trots because he won't retire.
0: <laughs> he, he, he's a special person. And he's like Gordy Howe. They just go and go. The Ever Ready Battery just keep going and keep going. And um, but he is a, he's an athlete. I mean, he is built like an athlete. He take oh, yeah. great care of himself, and you know, nutrition. Today's training is just spectacular. We we all should have had that. You know, like our era should have had that. The previous era should have had that. But it's it's it, the, the players now there's a lot there's a lot at stake, and uh, they're taking good care of themselves. and And as hockey fans, all of us are the beneficiaries because we see the speed of you know you know Connor McDavid, you know the skills of Crosby and Kane, and this generation is spectacular.
1: As I'm talking about the stories you're telling in the book, you were a storyteller long before you ever picked up oh, yeah. pen and paper because you love to tell stories. And one of the ways in which you did it was in your music career. <laughs> Something we should point out, you, your, your family, a pretty big family, didn't have a lot of money growing up. So you guys had a little side hustle, which worked very well for your family. And you were right in the midst of it as a songwriter, a guitar player, singer. Tell our audience a little bit about that.
0: Well, it was fun growing up with dad. Dad, dad played music every day, like he had an accordion, a guitar, a fiddle and we got something first thing in the morning before chores uh him and mom were up early making breakfast and that was our that was our alarm clock was the music and uh yeah. we had to sing a song at family gatherings growing up you know probably till age about 10 12 i had to get on stage sing a song at a dance or a wedding or or something you know we, dad dad played music at funerals uh, rodeos gym cannas, all kinds of different events and Christmas, uh, New Year's. He was, he was the band and, um, there was a wedding going on, you know, all of age 14. He's, he, he just put a bass guitar on me. He said, you're going to be the bass guitar player in the band. And I didn't know anything. He taught me three chords. said, just follow my fingers. And I just followed his fingers. And, and basically he taught me how to play bass guitar by following his fingers and learning the keys. And And you're
1: still doing it, right? You're still doing it at some events.
0: Well, I know all these songs that we've been playing for years and years and years, but it's it, the thing I had to do is I had to teach myself how to play guitar, rhythm guitar, because I knew all, I knew dad's fingers, so I knew C and F and G and all the chords that went with everything. So I just kind of, and over the years, like through my hockey career, basically, I could strum a guitar pretty good, but I couldn't make a living at this crazy music, but Post career, when Steve Shutt and Tiger Williams talked me going on stage in this with this group in Vancouver, I went up and sang a couple songs, a Merle Haggard classic and a Willie Nelson classic. They go, "Oh my God, you got to do this on the ice and you got to do this at these events." <laughs> so I started doing more and more in my post hockey career. People love it because they just see a different side of Brian Trotche and I talk a lot about it. My sister got a, You know, she keeps the band going in, in Saskatchewan, you know, dad passed in 95. So she took over. She calls herself Navajo and her boys are really good musicians. So I jump on the stage and, and pretend I'm a, a musician again, but it's really fun to be a part of that culture, that part of that music culture, which is really my dad's legacy. He's, Grasslands yeah. country. We sing all the country classics of the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and now it's the 90s and 2000. They're all great country songs, and people know them. They're you know Folsom Prison. Clarky loved to sing Folsom Prison. He was my he was my Johnny Cash. He liked to go Folsom Prison. He did yeah. the Gambler, you know Kenny Rogers, and but he was an entertainer on 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 the microphone. So I just had to play the guitar, but. Being a part of music, I think music makes people, brings people together in a great sense. And you don't have to be great at it. You just gotta, you gotta play and have fun and everybody else will will enjoy that too. That's what we were taught as a youngster. And um, we, so when we get together with our family, there's still lots of music. Everybody grabs a guitar, everybody sings a song. It doesn't matter if it's cousins or my sisters, my nephews, and you know, even my nephew, uh, Monty's son, my brother's son in, in Indianapolis has his own two piece band, him and his wife, and they're spectacular. And I'm like, oh my God. And, and a lot of it is just uh, a little bit genetic, I think, because of my dad. But I think a lot of it is because we just enjoy music and all of us enjoy music. And I'm always looking for singers, Gino. So if you want to jump in, something. Oh, yeah, like, no. You're only
1: damaging your song. stuff.
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll you know, just come along there. with the guitar. I love the fact <laughs> no, that you're crazy.
1: so proud of your heritage. As a, as a young Italian who came to this country, immigrated to this country when I was five years old, my family, it was difficult because you always had to do the battle between. Uh, not let people know what your background is. Cause you could, the way I used to think in my mind was I could get away with just being normal if I allowed it to. But then when you, when you talked about your heritage and you talk about what your parents. And when I had to explain my parents were not educated and we came from a very poor background, it was always difficult and always a challenge to figure out how much to be able to say, I, I'm just so impressed trots about, we're in conversation with Brian Trotche at hockey hall of famer. Um, about how nothing's off the table for you, that it's all like, not only is it, you're, you're incredibly proud of it. one of the things that's been said about you uh, is that you're one of the most accomplished indigenous athletes in our country's history. And it's something that you don't downplay, you celebrate and you do so much speaking in order to encourage kids down the road to have that same kind of mentality Talk to me about how important that is to you and how important it is to get that message out there and the speaking engagements. Cause I know you take a lot of time still to speak to the young indigenous children to pass that message on.
0: Well, it's, it's wonderful to be able to talk about it. And I think what, um, and again, it goes back to my parents, you know, mom's Irish, dad's, dad's first nations, you know, they got a little French in them. And for, for, for a lot of us, we all come from various backgrounds. We should all take pride. You know, like I, that's what I talk about. So like, in, in first nations there's it's not just the the french there's also scottish there's also you know there's, there's many many mixed mixed blood mm-hmm. in in the first nations community and we should all take great pride in it there's no embarrassing backgrounds like well yeah that's embarrassing big deal we, there's embarrassment everybody got a little a little something yeah. i think that's in the closet so to speak but um i don't i always say that you know like the we just keep moving forward. That doesn't define you. That what defines you is the things you overcome, the challenges that you overcome, the things that are your dreams, the, the, the things that that you want, all those things that that you appreciate, and all those talents that are within you. Those are the things that should be celebrated, and those are the things that define you. And so, when people look at me, they say, "This this kid from Saskatchewan plays guitar, had a wonderful hockey career, is now a, a grandfather." And, you know, those are the things that I'm most proud of and where I come from. And, and my background is, is like spectacular. I, I look at it and say, oh, my God, my grandparents, both sides were were so genuine and so down to earth and neither one had money. We thought, oh, my God, we're so rich in all this. But we have we have three meals a day. We have good food, we have, you know, just all this wonderful laughter in our lives. And and when we get together, there's just even more laughter. So that those are the things that we can celebrate. And that's what I talk about. And and going into these First Nations communities and, and getting the invitations, that's the that's the nicest thing. And mm-hmm. John Shabbat has done a wonderful job in organizing our our Aboriginal team and and making sure that we, we get out as a group and not just one-offs. And and so we go in as a group now. And it's really wonderful to go with Aaron Asham and John Shabbat. And we all talk about where we come from, how we got there and our dreams and and how we we take pride in where, where we are and what the things we've had to overcome. And yeah, these everybody's got challenges, but you know, they don't define us. It's what we do to get overcome them. And those that's the message is just like you know, just, you know, stay in school, get yourself educated, you know, uh, make healthy choices. And and I think the teachers really appreciate us coming in. The parents do. The kids get a big, big um, kick out of seeing us. But I have to tell you this fun story. Lanny McDonald and I go into this school and we're doing hockey day in Canada. I think it's just outside Kamloops. And we're doing this First Nations visit, and they bring the, the mascots, the Stanley Cup. We've got the Stanley Cup ring. He's got his Calgary. His flames. gone. I got my Pittsburgh penguin ring. And here's the hierarchy of cel- of, of celebrity. Stanley Cup is first, then yeah. the mascots, then the Stanley Cup rings, and then who are you guys? Who are you guys again? They, 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 we, we didn't matter. And we loved it because the kids had no clue because we played like, like in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. It was wonderful to see the excitement that they had for the Stanley Cup, the mascots, the Stanley Cup rings, and then us the lowly little hockey players who did who, who magically won the cup, won the rings. You know, it, it was really kind of a fun, fun. Like brought us down to earth, like Glenny. Isn't this an <laughs> awesome? And we chuckled about it. But uh, no, it's really kind of wonderful to celebrate where we are, where we're coming from and where we want to go. And uh, I'm a big believer, like much like I just stole it from Walt Disney. I'm a big thief. But uh, a lot of these things I steal from people. But um, Walt Disney said, you got to keep moving forward. And I, I really did. I, I used that my whole career. And it was a wonderful little mantra in my own little back of my mind. I'll keep moving forward. Okay, that, that doesn't matter. I'm, I'm, I want that and I want to get there, and I've got to get this, and I need him, I need, I got to be part of it, and it's really kind of kept kept, kept me motivated, and kind of keeps me kind of um, grounded a little bit too, because you, you, you remind it all the time, your parents, your grandparents, and where you come from, and not to be embarrassed about it, celebrate it, and just be, and appreciate all that wonderful culture that I grew up with, and uh, that's my message when I go into the, the schools, and the communities, and talking about my fun career, and uh, you know, my history, and And what I want for the next generation of student-athletes.
1: You are a legend, my friend. Every time I talk to you, I I respect you more and more. We have fun every time. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing, Trotz. I mean, to follow your career over the years, the seven Stanley Cups, including the one that you won as an assistant coach, and the Art Ross, the Hart, the smythe I mean, all the stuff you did. But the fact that you're using that platform, to touch people's lives. Um, and now through this book, uh, again, the book is All Roads Home, A Life on and Off the Ice, an autobiography of Hockey Hall of Famer, Brian Tracci. Brian, it has been amazing catching up with you, my friend. Happy 2023. And and thank you. Thank you on behalf of hockey fans and on the, on the kids who are still listening to you on a daily basis, even though you rank behind the mascots. And the rings and the Stanley Cups. <laughs>
0: hey, good times for all of us. 2023, everybody. Um, pleasure to be on the show and uh, continue successes. You know, always fun to bump into you. Call anytime. Love, love our love our time together. Always. Thanks, pal.
1: Hockey Hall of Famer, an author, and true legend, Brian Trottier. The Overtime Podcast is proudly presented by 7-Eleven. Before leaving the rink, order your favorite Slurpee, fresh, 100% premium Arabica coffee, hot from the oven, pizza and wings, a pint of ice cream, or even a carton of milk, a dozen eggs, and a loaf of bread from the 7Now app, and Team 7-Eleven will have your order ready for pickup 24-7. Hey, if you missed any parts of the show, don't worry. Visit our website at OvertimePodcast.ca where you can both listen and subscribe to future shows. 7-Eleven's Overtime Podcast can be found on the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Until next week, I'm Gino Retta saying so long, hockey fans, and thanks for joining us on the 7-Eleven Overtime Podcast.
2: Here are a couple of hot, tasty ways to crush the crave. Download the 7Now delivery app, and 7-Eleven will have your hot and delicious crave crushers to your door almost before you can say... Fuel me up, Sev. You know the crave I'm talking about. The one that's whispering wings or pizza in your ear right now. For just $11.69, order a large, hot-from-the-oven-in-minutes pepperoni pizza. Add a 2-liter Coke or Pepsi for $2. 7-Eleven is your go-to for fast delivery of Slurpee, groceries, essentials, meals, snack and treats 24-7.